We need to do a show because it's Thursday night, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. All the cool people are in the Dueling Review chat. Great Nate O is also there. Uh, Jimbo Fett and the rest. Oh, wait, where's where's Marshall? Versus the machine. Anyway, we would love to have you join all of the cool kids in the Dueling Review secret channel for our VIPs. You can find more information over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. This week, we are doing a very interesting book. It's called Land of the Living Gods from Aftershock Comics. Uh, So we had to all get this off the Comixology since we didn't get a review copy of this, but we're still uh, happy to review it. This is an interesting book because it takes place in Johannesburg, uh, Mm -hmm. and it is set in the year like 3149 or something like that. 19 something. 3119, yeah. It's it's way into the future when the world is starting, well, the world has collapsed. But there is an albino girl who lives in the mm-hmm. city and she has a special connection to the spirits and especially her plant Boyo, uh, who, mm-hmm. uh, or Boyo, who, mm-hmm. uh, can produce all sorts of good herbs, uh, for her to heal people. And she goes to a local medicine man person who has mm-hmm. a vision telling her she needs to go and find the living gods and tell them that humanity is dying because they're not aware of these things. And she needs to go and do it now. And she starts off on a quest. And of course, mm-hmm. uh, we've all seen the movie Mad Max. And yep. this is a very kind of Mad Mask Max. Everything has fallen apart world. And so there's mm-hmm. uh, crazy cyborg guys after her and other people. And uh, she's on her she's on her um, uh, hero's quest. Yeah. It really is interesting, though, because we we sort of start the story. You know, and we we see a little bit uh, of Naledi's life, and then all of a sudden she's like, "Oh!" And then uh, Boyo, can you make me some seeds and some roots? And she does this, and then they keep referencing throughout the story the God Plant, and right. I'm like, which Wait. may be which may be this right. uh, this plant that she has. Yeah, Boyo is is apparently either either the God Plant or a sprout of the God Plant or something, but yeah, it starts connected. out as one of those, you know, magical realism things where it's like, oh, she, you know, she talks to a plant, the plant talks back. And then it's like, oh no, it's a whole lot more than you think. And I, yeah, she sees spirits. That part kind of fascinated me. Yeah. She sees spirits that uh, roam the city mm-hmm. and that help her and kind of protect her and that kind of stuff. So this was not a, I did not know what to expect going into this. Uh, I knew nothing mm-hmm. about it except that our, Fine patrons voted for it over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And mm-hmm. uh, we read it and I was uh, very taken by this. This is a very different, this is a very different story. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I think it has a lot of the same, you know, like, as I said, hero's journey type elements to it, but because it is uh, so far removed from maybe what uh, typical Western culture might assume with post-apocalyptic societies, uh, mm-hmm. I think that we get a, a different take on spirits and gods and those kinds of things. Yeah, it's it's not the standard comic book take. And there's little bits, you know, sprinkled in little words in Zulu, words in Kosha, words in mm-hmm. Sutu. And I really love that part because you almost never see this African myth, you know, mythicism or mythology. You never see this type of um, cultural influence mm-hmm. in your standard comic book stories. I mean, we have a lot of, Hey, 
Norse and Greek and even, you know, you get into the weird point where it's like made up gods and fake curse words. But well, and not to put not to disparage anything that's come out of Black Panther, but there's also it also seems like this is even very far removed from what people might say. Oh, I've read Black Black Panther. I know what you guys are talking about. I don't think you do. Uh, It is is so different from that. Black Panther has a couple of seeds, but Jack Kirby pretty much made a lot of the Black Panther stuff up whole cloth. Right. And later writers have actually tied it into, you know, hey, you know, there was there was Bast, who was an actual goddess in the era. And, you know, you you see everyone in that movie speaking with the the Kosha accent. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. But this really feels like and again, you know, I I'm from Kansas. So my, you know, my people speak bad German under their breath, but this really feels like kind of a, an interesting and newly authentic bit of, you know, cultural background and storytelling that I'm kind of enjoying. Yeah. I would while be, also being a... the future cyberpunky stuff that kind of remind me a little bit of the last Jedi. And I don't, yeah, know maybe why. a little bit. Um, yeah, maybe a little bit. Uh, I think that, there's some back matter in there where it's uh, taken from the heroine's uh, journal where she talks more about uh, Buyo and um, some of the other things that are going on around her. So you can get a little bit more into that. But I'll be very interested to see if the gods and the spirits that are represented in this story as it progresses are real deities. If they're really uh, if these are the belief systems from, you know, the culture or from the region. Uh, that mm-hmm. the book is set in, because I would find that also very fascinating, too. Uh, yeah. It can also be a big turnoff, maybe, for people, but I, I don't know. I'm willing to to go through this and be open-minded about it. So uh, mm-hmm. I kind of liked that aspect of going on the hero's journey slash spirit quest to save the world mm-hmm. and find the gods and find out, you know, the land of the living gods. What does that even mean? I mean, are we going right. to find out that everything outside of you know, South Africa, Johannesburg is like lush and everything is wonderful and something horrible has happened to just that part of the world. Uh, or mm-hmm. is it something else? And so again, I, I, uh, kind of want to see where this goes. Yeah. Do you, did you ever read, um, the white mountains? I don't think so. It was a weird kind of boys adventure tale set, I think in, a world very similar to the uh, a post-war of the worlds type society mm, where aliens okay. and tripods had basically taken over. Oh, it is. And yeah, the people white had collapsed into little feudal sites. This yeah, kind of reminded me of is that. The tripods books. Yeah, the, the tripods it, books, that, that BBC series. Um, yeah. The White Mountains is that. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I used to read um, that serialized in the back of Boys Life magazine. And I remember just were you selling seeds at the same time? No, but I was a boy scout at the time and we got boys life every month. So we could, you know, you know, you had things you could do for your badges and everything. Um, But I really appreciated that story. And I really liked how this kind of reminded me of that in fun ways where it's clearly this post-apocalyptic society, but our main character is, you know, kind of having to be, really resourceful and to, you know, get away from people who have clearly ill intent. And I, I do appreciate the fact that somebody saves her from being stolen away by the evil cyborg only mm-hmm. to steal her away herself. Yeah. To go yeah, and sell her to the money. witches. Yeah, yeah. She's worth money. So it's, I don't know what, what else to think about this book. I, it's very, it's interesting. 
It's mm-hmm. engaging. It's nothing like what I expected. I did, you know, at one point I was like, oh, this is going to be boring. It's going to be some kind of crazy, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it's super engaging. It's super interesting. I I really enjoyed it. I don't think it's for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um because it 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 isn't it isn't capes and tights. Yes. But I think if, if you're I someone mean, if that's what you're looking for here, you will be disappointed. Yeah, but I think that because of the, you know, the Mad Max aspect of it, if you're into, you know, really horrible dystopias, then this mm-hmm. has everything that you want in that. So, yeah, I would mm-hmm. I would go grab that. Yeah, and uh the writer, Isaac, I believe it's Mogajane, um is actually a film producer. Mm. And has done a number of uh, movies. He, I, I believe he lives in Johannesburg, South Africa. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it's one of those stories that feels like it's very personal for the creator. And that's really something that just completely hooks me. Whether or not it's something that I can, you know, say, I, I, I don't necessarily have a point to say this is just like my life or this is just like a story that i used to read but it yeah. really does feel like hey i'm going to give you this this eye view into a story that comes from where i come from and the the bits and pieces of the culture all feel like it's coming from this writer's specific experience and i really enjoy that part of it and i love the art the art is kind of weirdly trippy mm-hmm. you know and i I'm not familiar with the artist. Uh, you know, I'd heard the name of the writer, but I have not necessarily heard the artist. Santos. Uh, they're just credited as Santos. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's it just feels, somebody we've never heard of, but boy, it's good. I, I'm sure this person is, again, I, I don't think that this is a U.S. public. I mean, this is not a no. U.S. created book, obviously. This is coming from uh, another country and is being printed here in the United States. Um, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure that this artist is probably well-known somewhere else. A lot of this, when I was reading, it feels like, um, quick sketches with kind of a storyboard format, not really a complete storyboard format to it, but a storyboard feel to it. But then at other times it gets kind of uh, not hyper cartoony, but more, more in a cartoon nature when action is happening, happening, um, so yeah, it's it's very different, and the color palette is very muted as well. You've basically got yellows, browns, and reds are your your colors throughout this book, and I find that also very interesting uh, to read and to look at. Yeah, that color palette is just beautiful, and I feel like you know it when you look at a Mad Max story. You know, we've talked about a lot of times the color things where everything in movies is orange and blue, but horror is green and this is orange. This isn't like that washed out kind of Mad Max thing, or it isn't like what we got from Furiosa. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, it kind of is, you know, there's a lot of tans and browns, and then all of a sudden you'll get into these purples and really, really vivid blue greens for when the spirits show up. And I'm like, I really love how the real world isn't just flat brown, mm-hmm. but it is, you know, brown. Yeah. There's yeah. there's aspects to it that you're like, hey, this is a world that's basically crumbling. And then you do have these pops of color that are very subtle. It's neat. You know, there's a sequence where we see uh, she's being attacked and then the girl comes in on her little rocket yeah, flying sled. scooter. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that that whole panel, the attack panel, it's brown, and it's like all of a sudden we have a wish, and then all of a sudden vivid blues and kind of reds and greens, and it's really neat during the fight sequence, and then everything settles down again. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. like and, how and the if color. You look, and if you look at the art too, the art is that way. When it, everything settles down, mm-hmm. everything is kind of um, almost drawn with a single stroke. But then when mm-hmm. things are super action oriented, there's a lot more a lot more lines and bendiness mm-hmm. and fluidity to the, to the art. It doesn't feel as stiff during the quiet mm-hmm. times. Like there's a part where she's running and she's yes. really an exaggerated run and everyone's chasing her and the hyena is chasing her. And it's super exaggerated in all of that. And then even when the, uh, the, uh, rocket, uh, sled lady comes flying in and she's kicking the guy in the face with her big, uh, stick, uh, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's, it's again, super fluid and bendy and stretchy and, just mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me to describe, but it's very cool. But then as soon as that's done, it's back to these kind of like yeah. angular, angular shapes. So it is something it, that this is, this book is very hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It's very fascinating. Um, You know, I don't know if I can you just say, go out and buy this book, everybody, because I think this one, you have to be in a particular mindset or you have to mm-hmm. like, post-apocalyptic Mad Max, uh, other country origin, highly influenced by and including uh, other cultures and styles in Mm -hmm. order to want to read this book. Because this is not John Fox Batman. This is not the Batman of Africa kind of stuff. Um, So if if that's what you're looking for, it's not in this book. Yeah, if you're a child of the 70s who loved heavy metal, or if yeah, you're a child of yeah. the 80s who enjoyed Epic Illustrated, or even a child of the 90s who would watch, who you'd go and you'd read Shonen Jump, and it would give you kind of this window into cartooning mm-hmm. with the with the bits and pieces of another culture. I feel like this would appeal to you. I feel like this is something that, again, the story itself, as you mentioned, has sort of the beginning of your Joseph Campbell monomyth stuff, but it also has really interesting, different imagery and different iconography than you'd see in, you know, a Harry Potter or a, a detergent movie. What are those called? I don't know. Uh, it's the one with, in one movie, he's her boyfriend, and in the next movie, he's her brother. I don't know. Uh, Ansel Elgort and the girl with the face. But uh, I do agree with you. It's not going to be a book that I will just, say to you rush out in a buying frenzy i will say this if you're one of those weirdo nerds like me who says i'm a fan of the comic art the comic art and the concepts and the work of it and if you you know talk like that first of all stop it but if that's something that you can get behind where you're like i really want to read these weird comics from 1934 or i want to read this cutting edge stuff from japan in 2022 I feel like this is really something to dig into and look into. Uh, and I, I did look it up. Apparently um, they are Brazilian. Okay. So, oh, so they're really uh, even going from a di- yeah. completely different yes. aspect then too. Santos is a Brazilian artist. And then, you know, I feel like maybe that even gives it a, a, a different edge. I don't know, but um, I, I'm not familiar with any of the other work that they have. And I wonder if this was written in English or not, but either way, it, I like this. And I would say with an asterisk, 
many people would enjoy this book. Oh yeah, now, no, if I, I think if you're the person who came at me the other day and was like, "How can you like this episode of Radiant Black? It's just a filler," and I'm like, "Okay, you, 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 you go away now. You don't want to read this comic book." But everybody else, the cool kids, all y'all listening right now, you may want to check it out. Yeah, there you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's where we're going to wrap it up this week. It is a shorter episode because uh, we've kind of said everything that we can say. I don't want to spoil too much about it. There's there's spirits, yes. there's post-apocalypse, there's, you know, wastelands, there's a journey. Uh, we've kind of we've kind of talked about it. So now what we have to do is we have to prep for next week's show. Everybody went in on Land of the, of the Gods, uh, number one, and I thought that was very fascinating. Right now it seems to be a toss-up between uh, uh, Heavy Metal, what is it, Heavy Metal Hammer or something, I, I think is what people are, are voting on for next week, and Iron Fist number one, I think, are the... Uh, two that people are battling it out, but maybe you want something completely different and you could get you and your other uh, Patreon friends to get over there to vote at patreon.com slash major spoilers. And you'll be able to look at the list over there at Comixology while the Comixology website is still alive. And uh, then uh, you can cast your vote and we'll be back uh, next week to review that. Yes. Yeah, so it uh, looks like right now, heavy metal drummer number one is oh. tied with Iron Fist number one. And there are a few other ones. Uh, there's, uh, uh, I think there's an Echo Lands that is in there and a Hulk number four that's got a vote. But uh, if you want to have your voice heard, only way to do it, get over there. Patreon.com slash Major Spoilers. We'll be back next week. Until then, read some comics. This podcast is copyright 2022 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.